Welcome to Better Animal Handling, Chapter 9, Episode 56. Center of Missouri, USA. I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and fact checker co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on fences and gates. Our topics for this week are recognizing improper fencing, how fences work, considerations for new enclosures, safety and routine care of enclosures, and proper gates. Fences are used for enclosures of various sizes. There are perimeter fences and pasture fences. Perimeter fences are usually on the edge of the owned property with a 15-foot alley to the pasture fence. Perimeter fences along a road may be referred to as an exterior fence. If the perimeter fence is between two adjacent landowners, it can be called a divisional fence. Double fencing, a perimeter with a pasture fence, aids in protecting horses from escape and resulting liability risks, as well as risks of people attempting to interact with the horse over a single fence line. Because people will put themselves at risk in trying to interact with horses, horses are considered an attractive nuisance liability. Pasture fencing consists of boundary fence and may also include temporary cross fencing for more efficient grazing. Cross fencing can be two or three strands of electric wire or rope. Pastures are larger enclosures for grazing and exercise. All large animal enclosures should include a small catch pen for feeding, watering, and checking the condition of livestock or horses. Pens are fenced areas at least twice the size of a typical stall for fresh air. Runs are a narrow pen for fresh air that is usually attached directly to a stall. Corrals are square or round pens, approximately 50 feet in diameter for exercise or training. Paddocks are small pastures of half an acre or more for exercise. Alleyways between paddocks aid in moving horses and prevent play and fights over a fence. The price paid for a fence does not indicate its ability to contain and protect animals. Human error, poor construction or maintenance, is the most common cause for fence failure. Although some areas may have regulation on the placement and appearance of farm fencing, there are no regulations on the quality of farm fencing. It's incumbent on owners and contractors to know the proper fencing to contain different species safely. Unfortunately, contractors without proper animal handling knowledge may recommend and build improper fences and gates. 
Members of the American Fence Association are pledged to adhere to a code of ethics. If they become a certified fence professional, they must pass a certifying exam and attend continuing education courses. Proper animal fencing requires knowledge of the specific needs based on species, age, breed, sex, and production system. Proper fencing should last about 25 to 50 years. Fencing is an expensive investment. Often, improper fencing is selected because it's less expensive, such as barbed wire for horses. Conversely, fencing may be selected because it's more expensive, with an assumption it's best for a situation, although in reality its use is inappropriate, such as pipe fencing for goats. Typical relative costs and increasing costs are barbed wire or high tensile wire, polyester braided electric rope, wire mesh, wood, vinyl, and pipe. Abby says her bank account can only afford barbed wire and metal T-posts. Well, no horses for you then, Abby. Fences are intended to keep animals from escaping, and in many cases to keep intruders out. Fences for horses and cattle are often assumed to physically keep them from escaping, but that's not true. Common fences for horses and cattle are more psychological barriers than physical barriers. Field fences are psychological barriers. Horses and cattle can go through them or over them, but they must not think so. Desire to escape is increased by fear or the insufficiency of food and water. Still, fences for large animals must either deter them from rubbing on the fence or be built in a manner to withstand the weight and pressure of a cow, bull, or horse rubbing against the inside of the fence. Nails and staples are to keep boards or wires from falling on the ground. Fence posts provide the strength of the fence. For strength, boards and wires should be on the inside of the fenced enclosure. If the animal presses on, rubs, or runs into the horizontal planks or wire, the pressure should be absorbed by the posts not the nail heads or the fence staples. The suitability of fencing varies with the size, sex, age, and disposition of the animals to be contained, and the density of containment, the animals per square yard. The height of the fences and gates depend on the enclosure size, the number of animals, and the type of animal to be contained. Smaller enclosures, corrals, paddocks, and runs Large herds, stallions, or horses trained to jump require fences of greater height than standard pasture fence height. If creating a new pasture, what the land was previously used for and what physical and toxic hazards might be present should be investigated. Outdoor containments for large animals should be located on higher ground with good drainage. Pastures for horses should be ridded of burrowing varmints such as moles, prairie dogs, groundhogs, and badgers. Burrow holes pose a risk to horses that could break a leg. Access to water is essential, but ponds and lakes can be dangerous drinking water sources during winter weather. If ponds or lakes freeze, animals can slip, 
fall or break bones and fall through the ice in an attempt to reach drinking water. Horses that have not been raised in pastures or on a range are at greatest risk of making bad decisions with ice. All livestock should be provided access to drinking water from running streams or heated water troughs during icy weather and barred from access to ponds and lakes due to the risk of slips and broken bones and breakthroughs and drownings. Snow should never be relied upon as a source of drinking water. Square corners for enclosure should be avoided when possible if groups of animals will be contained. Square corners discourage large animals from moving when driven into right-angle fence corners. Hogs tend to pile up on each other and overheat in corners, and submissive horses are more easily trapped in corners by dominant horses attempting to bite and kick them. Rounded corners can be built, or horizontal boards can be applied diagonally across a square corner to eliminate the risk of submissive animals being trapped in corners by bullies. Vegetation should be mowed under and outside of fences to prevent livestock and horses from reaching through the fence to eat the greener grass on the other side and breaking down the fence. The fence line should be set back from the property line to ensure being able to mow an outside strip. Keeping vegetation mowed under fencing is also important to prevent electric fencing from shorting out on wet vegetation. Perimeter fence surrounding the primary fence should be considered for busy roads to prevent escape and to keep horses and livestock away from possible discarded trash from vehicles. Abby says, gosh, there goes the McDonald's roadside snack for horses. And no, I'm not putting you in charge of cleanup, Abby. Safe, effective fencing does not have to be expensive, and expensive fencing is not necessarily safe or effective. Furthermore, fencing that is built to be safe does not remain safe without appropriate routine care. Fences should not have any protruding nails or loose wire. Possible sources of injury inside fence enclosures, such as old farm equipment or other junk that could cut or otherwise injure enclosed animals should be removed, as well as noxious weeds. Trees should be fenced. Horses may strip the bark, cause the tree to die, and might result in a tree falling on the boundary fence. Dead limbs on standing or downed trees can also cause penetrating wounds in horses. Fence materials should be as visible as possible so that animals, especially horses, can see their boundaries and not run into the fence. When light colors cannot be used for horizontal portions of the fence, streamer ribbons, called fladry, should be tied to the fence to increase visibility. New herd members must be introduced gradually. Otherwise, dominant herd members will chase the new member into, through, or over a fence. New herd members need to be introduced across a fence by keeping them in adjacent pens and later together in a pasture or a large pen that allows personal space not to be violated until social adjustments are made. The introduction of a new herd member is facilitated by providing a single 
gentle companion at first and slowly adding more members of the herd. Diversions at the time of initial entry of a new member, such as moving the herd to a fresh pasture, also aids the acceptance of a new member. Gates are used to provide access for humans, animals, or machinery. Gates for a man or a horse should be at least four feet wide. Gates for trucks or small tractors should be 12 feet wide, and for larger farm equipment, it should be 16 feet wide. Each pen or pasture should have at least two gates. Latches should be able to be opened with one hand, but secure against animals opening them. Horses can learn to open simple latches with their lips, and cattle will open them with their tongues. Upper hinge pins, pintles, or gates, should be positioned pointing downward so that horses and cattle cannot lift the gate up and off its hinges with its nose or neck or rubbing with its rump. The lower hinge pin should point upward. Posts that long gates attach to should be buried at least four feet deep. Gaps between gates and adjacent posts should not be more than three inches to prevent hooves from getting caught when rearing. A man gate or a pass-through is an opening that will only accommodate humans. A simple one is created with a triangle made with three posts and a fence line. It creates a 90-degree turn to pass-through which most livestock or horses cannot maneuver. Gates have to be as secure as the adjacent fence. If mesh wire extends to near the ground on the fencing, the mesh on the gate should also do so. If chicken wire is buried on the outside of the fence, it will discourage dogs or other predators from digging underneath if it is also buried on the outside of the gate. Gates should open only to the inside of the pen or pasture and be located in well-drained areas. Gates for livestock should be located in a corner of a pen or pasture to aid in moving the animals along the fence line and out the gate. Corner gates are not recommended for horses. Horses congregate around gates. If the gate is in a corner, it may facilitate trapping a subordinate horse in the corner for being bitten or kicked by a more dominant horse. Therefore, gates for horse enclosures are best located along the fence line, not in a corner. If a gate will be open at times, they should fold flat against the fence rather than form an acute angle to trap the horse being chased by another. Gates to pasture separated by an alleyway should oppose each other and swing open across an alleyway different directions. When they're open, the gates can form a channel for the animals, usually horses, to move freely from one pasture to the other while still being contained. Children should not be allowed to swing on gates. Sagging gates become dysfunctional. A short post called a toe block at the latching post can be a support for the swinging end of the gate when the gate is closed and aid in preventing sag. Diagonal brace wires from a hinge post to the end or middle of a gate should not be used for a horse enclosure gates due to the risk of the horse's head getting caught in the wire and the gate angle. For the same reason, cross braces should not be used on gates 
because they trap feet and legs. Gates should be located 40 to 60 feet from a road to prevent parking without obstructing the road while opening the gate. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Most fences for horses and cattle are effective psychologically. They are not impenetrable barriers. As the space inside a containment decreases, the height of the fencing of the containment needs to increase. Horizontal fence boards and wire or mesh should be attached to the posts inside of the enclosure side. Gates should only swing into an enclosure and when closed, rest against a post for strength. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. It's also available on Amazon and from many other fine book supply sources. More information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I talk about fence materials. Hey Abby, we use an electric braided fence four feet high for horse pasture and five foot of two by four inch woven wire mesh for paddocks. How would you rate that on the five bark scale? Great. You can't beat that.